When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com, here is Jennifer Duplessis. Welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Okay, so this week I would love to invite um, our guest, Damian Lupo, who is with Total Control Financial. And actually, I think you're one of the co-founders, aren't you, Damian? I am. Okay, great. Um, I'd, I'd love to invite Damian onto the show to talk to us about something that I think is really important. Um, you know, everything that we talk about on this podcast is very important, but this specifically um, is something that I think that we're all going to walk away from and, and be um, enlightened. Um, so, Damian, welcome to the show. I'd like to tell everybody about you, if that's okay with you. That'd be great. Thanks, Jen. Okay. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. So um, first thing that I'm, I'm impressed with, and it has nothing to do with Total Control Financial, uh, your company, but the fact that you are the founder of Yokido, which is a martial arts um, studio, and you hold three black belts in various martial art um, activities. I'm just I'm just really impressed by that. So um, I think that's really good. It shows a lot of discipline, and that's perfect for the line of work that you're in. Um, so uh, Damien is a five-time author, and he's a sought-after financial consultant um, for accredited investors and business owners. So that's us. That's the people that you're talking to. And uh, your personal philosophy centers on self-reliability and a conviction that oh, the only path to freedom is through candor, growth, and big vision. And I know that one of the things, you know, watching your video on your uh, website is uh, really taking the reins and running with it as individuals to create our own wealth, to set ourselves up for retirement, which you don't like that word, but setting ourselves up, you know, for the future. And um, so maybe you can expand on that for us a little bit to help help us understand the framework of where you're coming from as it relates to um, investing as a whole. Yeah, I think that the framework is, is it's really all about the idea that nobody's going to care about our money, our finances, our future as much as we will. And and we've been really sold a bill of goods by a system, the, this, this financial system that for so long has said, just give us your money and trust us. Everything will be fine if you have it, your money sit on in Wall Street for the next 40 years. It'll compound at this, this percent and everything will be bliss in this idea of retirement when you actually get to live. So every part about that pitch, it to me is a con because the system feeds on itself. It feeds people to death over those 20, 30, 40 years. It's very active churning your money and it gets rich. You don't, you take on all the risk and you have no control over what's really going on. And, and it's, it's the opposite of what I think is the most important thing that people can have in their life, which is self-responsibility. I mean, it, it sets people up to, to look at their, their statements and, and their investments or their, their retirement accounts and to blame the economy or blame the politicians. And for me, that's the least uh, effective thing to do if you're trying to create a life 
that's by design and, and not default. You're really setting yourself up for a, a default or, or just a fault in general when you, when you put your money with, with somebody and just hope it all works out because you've bought into the idea that it's too complex to run yourself. And I think the listeners here, are, they're already of the mindset that things aren't too complex. We just need to learn how to do them, and we can go and run our financial lives better than anybody else can for us. Right, right, and I would agree with you. And you know, we were talking a little bit offline with um, Robert Kiyosaki. You know, and he he's in total agreement with you. You know, um, and he's rich dad, poor dad, and all those all the other uh, supplemental books that he did. Um, and you know, do you think that? Um, and, and you just mentioned that it's about learning it. Do you think that the general population just doesn't um, want to learn, or they feel it's just so complex that it's not worth learning? It's just better off to let someone trust it to someone else and hope. Um, why do you think? What, what's the mindset there of of the general public and why they um, rely on other? you know, financial advisors, which look, I'm an advocate for financial advisors too. I really am. But um, guidance, you know, that guidance. Why do you think it is that people just don't feel that they can, they have the knowledge to be able to do it? Where does it lack? Well, I think it, 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 if we have to even go back to where, what's the, where are we coming from? We're coming from a place where we're, we're drowning in information. We see all these different things coming at us all the time, and we're moving at Mach 4, and so we're exhausted. Mm-hmm. And, and then we look at this money in the financial institutions and we get overwhelmed. And, and then we hear the marketing pitch and it says, we can take care of this. And there are certain personalities on the radio that say, if you just do this certain thing and invest with this mutual fund, you'll make 12% a year, which is total BS. And so once we're exhausted and, and we hear these messages and we think it's too complex, then we go, well, I better not do this because I'll make a mistake. And we, we know what we've been taught in school, which is, don't make mistakes. And what, what does Warren Buffett say? My first rule is I don't lose money. So we don't make mistakes. We don't want to lose money. We're, we're totally confused and we're exhausted. So naturally the default is just to hand the money off and, and then that system wins and we all lose. So we have to just look at why we're doing it to start with and then realize, okay, wait, this is not too complex for us to do. I mean, we, we really can do this. Anybody can do this. I, I truly believe people can do dang near anything. And, and there's really if you're listening to this right now, you've got the tools and you've got the initiative and the commitment to growth to make it happen. So the only reason that, that anyone wouldn't or couldn't is because they didn't start. And that's really the only reason that somebody wouldn't, wouldn't be a success eventually. Right, right. I think, I think people just kind of throw up their hands and say, you know, I don't get it, so I'm just not going to do it. The other part is mm-hmm. that when you sit with a financial advisor, they're saying, you know, put the money in the bank, it'll grow, it'll be high, there'll be high and low years, and, you know, after 30 years, you'll be able to retire. But wouldn't you agree, and maybe you have more statistics on that, we all know that the baby boomers are retiring at 10,000, you know, individuals a day, and most of them, and last time I read something about this was several years ago, most of them are retiring with less than $8,000. Um, so why would we want to set it and forget it and then not have anything in the future? So what, what kind of advice can you, you start um, providing to us to help us understand how we, want, how we can grow this wealth to ensure that you know, our money doesn't, we don't outlive our money, be the best way to say it. Well, I think you, you actually just hit something that's incredibly important that most people don't realize. With the boomers retiring at 10000 a day, what's also happening is 10000 a day are hitting the minimum the age where you have to start pulling money out of the stock market and based on a schedule, based on your age, there's, you have to pull out a certain amount. And when that happens, you can imagine if you have billions and billions of dollars that are pulled out of the market every month 
it puts pressure on the system because if there's too much selling, which is what happens, uh -huh. then more selling equals the market going down. The, the rules that were set up in, 19, in the 1970s around the 401ks and with ERISA forced the market to crash because of the boomers retiring. So it's a disaster. Just, and Robert's been talking, Kiyosaki has been talking about this for years. It is a disaster to think that our money can be in the markets and it's going to do what it's done the last 40 years for the next 40 years because we didn't have the boomers retiring and being forced to sell off all these assets. That's happening right. now and it's going to get worse. So you, just knowing that should drive us to say, okay, we need to do something totally different because that market will crash. There's no way mathematically it can't. Yeah, and so that leads me to that question is that I know that you're a believer that, uh, you know, our stock market is inevitably going to crash. So can you give us some more information around that, that, that we could have that discussion with a client? Yeah, I mean, if, if we, if, I think we, if we just hold on to the idea that, that the markets are forced to go down when there's heavy selling and the selling is going to intensify over the next 15, 20 years as boomers retire and they, and they get older. The other thing that's happening, which most people don't realize, is that the stock markets have been held up by a lot of corporate buybacks of, of shares. They've been, there's all this profit, all this cash that's in these giant companies, and a lot of their companies are going, what do we do with the cash? They're too afraid because they don't understand whether the system is going to look the same in a year or two. So a lot of them are taking their cash, buying back their stock, which makes it look like there's a lot Arbitrary. of positive bullish. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a crazy thing that won't last, and yet people yeah. go, great, the markets are looking good. They're not looking good. Right, absolutely, and I and I, and I, I totally see that. I, and I, well, I see it every day, and we see it every day because we watch markets every day as lenders. We're watching stock markets and rates and and things like that. Okay, so so we've kind of set up some groundwork. You know that we just we just <laughs> don't necessarily like the stock market. We need to grab the reins, get this back in our control. So we're sitting with customers. So there's two two sides to this. One is we're loan officers, um, and as loan officers, you know there's. Uh, you know, in our industry, there's there's a lion's share of people that don't do very well, and there's a lion's share of people that do really well, and there's not much in between. There seems to be a big separation there um, with that. Those that do really well, we're all commissioned and we're W-2. And so one of the challenges that we have is reducing our tax benefit, I mean our tax uh, liability every year. There's no way that we ha have all these write-offs and things. So what does, what does uh, investing in our own 401k or, or you may be, even be talking about IRAs uh, for re in retirement investing or investing in real estate, what can that do for us as individuals? And well, let me just ask you that. So what can that do for, what, what can we do as individuals to help lower our tax um, liability? Well, one of the things that we have to understand is that there, there are limitations to just being an employee. And what we have to do is understand that there's, there's, other, there, there's other places where we can work. And this is, Robert talks about this in the cash flow quadrant a lot, where there's the investor rules, there's the business owner rules, there's the employer rules. And so we've got to start figuring out how we shift some of ourselves and our money into that investor sphere. And one of the ways we can do that is with something called the QRP. So most, most folks have, have heard of, of, the, of IRAs and 401ks. We have money trapped in these things. And when people are working with, with their clients and, and looking at mortgages and things, they see the 401k and, or they see 20 of them on their financial statement. And then they go, okay, well, what do we do with this? You start, what, we, what we don't realize is that we can take all of that money, all the IRA money and all the 401k money, and we can shift it over into one place where you literally have checkbook control of your money to be able to go do things outside of the Wall Street system. And what that looks like is, 
you've got 10 different 401ks or your client does, you mm -hmm. can take those, bundle them up, roll them all over, no taxes, no penalties. Now you have them in one account. And this is the work that we do to give people control of their money. And at that point, they can start doing things. So you can start working in the investment world. You can start maybe buying real estate, rental properties, or, or precious metals, or things that are outside of the Wall Street system. And at that point, you're working within the investor rules, the tax system there, because if you just have more income as a W-2, you, you have limits. You may be able to push some of that money into a, a company 401k that's set up temporarily, but you've got to, it's, it's, there's a shift in mindset, and this is where the self-responsibility philosophy comes into play, where you have to start saying, I'm going to have to do things different than just the system I've been working with that keeps me trapped in, in the highest tax system possible or the highest tax uh, playground. And mm -hmm. yeah, in the brackets, I mean, you're getting absolutely killed. So you've got to find another place to start putting energy in, and your money. And that's where this really comes into play because you can set yourself up with the QRP to where you're not paying taxes at all. I mean, your money grows, you get to pull it out. It's, it's not, it's, it's never taxed because there's a Roth component, just like a Roth IRA where you grow and you pull your money out tax-free. The difference is with a QRP, you're able to put 10 times more money into it. So with an IRA, I don't like IRAs in general because you can only put five, five or $6,000 a year. What right. good is that going to do you over 20 years? That's a hundred grand. I mean, nobody can right. do anything with a hundred grand. And so with, with the QRP, you're able to, to put over $50,000 a year into it. So over 20 years, that's a million just in what you've contributed. And you can start investing in, in real estate and use debt. And there's no tax using debt. And because debt is so powerful, I mean, my first real estate deal, I, I used my Visa card to buy, for, buy the thing. I mean, that's a different form of debt. It was alternative. It was a little psychotic. I don't but, know. You know, you know what? I did that too in Denver. Clear back in 1989, I think I bought a condo. I went to an auction. I bought a condo with a credit card, and I think I paid like $8,000 for it. Yeah. That's awesome. And see, that's, yeah. that's just creative thinking. That's, that's yeah. using the system to benefit you versus getting used by it. Right. Right. Okay. So that I'm clear and just understanding, um, understanding this part of it. Um, so the QRP, why isn't everybody using it? Is it something you developed? Is it something that is proprietary to you? Or uh, why, is, why, is, why don't we know about this? Why don't we divert the funds over into this, this uh, you know, particular avenue? Well, it, it's a great question, Jen. And, and really, the, you have to ask yourself, how does the money flow and, and why are people using what they're using? They're using the IRAs because custodians make a ton of money every year forever holding the, the cash and, and managing it. And even if they're just taking fees, doing things with the money and you're doing a self-directed IRA, there's still a lot of money to be made for this particular institution. And the 401ks, same thing, except there's a percentage of the, of the assets that are being charged every year as the fees to manage. So it's not really, it's never going to be in Wall Street or custodian's interest to tell you how to take your money away from them so that they never get any fees. That's what this is. We developed the, it's actually the EQRP. We developed it because we wanted people to actually be able to control their money and not get feed to death, even though it's not the best business model for us. It is for the customer. It is for the client because they're in control and they're not getting killed. So you don't know about it because the institutions would go bankrupt if people moved their money away from how they currently are sitting. Right. <laughs> of course they would. Okay. All right. Yeah. So now I have another question. So now I'm talking to my client, right? And I see that they've got, uh, you know, let's just say they've got, you know, 50000 in a 401k with their current job. And then they've got four or five other 
401ks that add up to 10, okay, <laughs> old ones. Mm -hmm. um, what is the best way to move this, and it, does it have to be done once? Uh, so for, and the reason why I separated this question is because I could see bundling the $10,000 uh, worth of 401ks that are you know, spread out amongst five of them. But when you have a 401k with your employer and you want to continue, you know, is the suggestion to continue to contribute to the 401k, or is the suggestion to take the lump sum that you have and move it over, and then later when you have more lump sum, because you know, a, lot of in, a lot of employers will uh, match, right? Uh, is it better just to wait until you've accumulated more and then move that again? Or is this a one-time deal, one-time shot? How, did, how does that play out? Well, so the, the, answering the second question first, you can do it as many times as you want. You can keep okay. rolling money. You can keep converting. Because the truth is we all, most people in society now are, we're going to have dozens of jobs and different 401ks and things. Yeah. So it'd be helpful to be able to not have them floating all over humanity. So you can definitely move them every time you leave your job. You can move whatever your 401k was or your 457 or, or 403b if you're a government employee or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. You can move that into your QRP. So your QRP is under your control, and every time you move, more money gets put into it from your rollovers. So that's always that, that's super helpful so that we know that we – because what are you going to do with $2,000 that's sitting at Fidelity and 3000 at Ameritrade? Like you got nothing. You're just going to go, ah, it's like it's And like it was probably money. invested in .com. The dot com and it hasn't totally changed not. since, yeah. Right, and and so you have no control and you really don't have any power to do anything. Even if you could control it, what are you going to do with two thousand? I mean, it's really just sitting there, and and if you can start consolidating it under your control, it changes everything. And so you're that the idea here is you get the ball rolling, and and whether you have a big chunk stuck at your current employer, and there are sometimes ways to get that money out of your employer's four hundred one k, but you have to keep in mind that that the rules are set up. And the institutions build their, their structures to keep the money trapped. So sometimes it can be painful to get the money mm -hmm. into your control because the moment that happens, remember that all, the, all those fees go away. Right. And so if, if you want it bad enough, there's a way to do it. I, I just think you have to decide it doesn't matter to you to be in control of the money. And if it does, great. There's a way for you to have it all under your control and keep building your, your fortress that's under, under your roof. Right. Okay, so you can control it, you can move it as much. Now, let's get back to the 401k that someone has with their company. Is your recommendation to just cease and desist on a 401k and put in after-tax money into an EQRP? What, what, I, what I suggest, and, and I, it's funny because there's a lot of people that trash on 401ks don't understand that there are some rules that allow us to create the, the EQRP. So people, if we're using the rules that were created 40 years ago. So is a 401k at work a good idea? I don't know. Probably not. And I say probably not because you're limited, even if they match your dollars, dollar for dollar, you're limited to just what they're going to allow you to invest in, which is usually stocks, bonds, and cash, which is all essentially trash. In my mind, it's right. better for you to take control of your money and, and push it into your, your plan, even if it's not matched because you're not susceptible to what Wall Street does or the stock market crashes that are going to come or all the fees. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's smarter if you're going to be responsible. It's a trap to me for people to get stuck going, well, I'm going to contribute because I get this free money. It's not free money. There's no free money. That's, right. that's a con. It's, it, it's just a way for you to get more money stuck in a system that has been built around lobbyists by that, those institutions. So, no, 
would I have any money in a 401k at an employer if I had a choice? Absolutely not. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. Um, thank you for sharing, for sharing that with, uh, with us. And, you know, again, this is really important because we're, we're now uh, talking to our clients just as much as we're talking to ourselves about this, you know. So um, now the money's in the EQRP. Do you have to spend it? Do you have to buy outside of Wall Street um, in real estate or um, precious metals or anything like that? Do you have to spend the money? You don't have to do a darn thing. You literally can sit there and stare at it if you want to. It's, okay. There's no requirement. Grow and you've at got, if you just dump it in there? Does it have any growth so at all? It depends on where you put it. So w uh -huh. when, when you have this happen, one of the questions is, well, where's the money sitting? And this, it's right. sitting in whatever bank account you want to sit it in. It's, it's your plan's bank account. So right now, our interest rates are essentially zero. So is it going to grow? Probably not. Is it going to make a difference at a quarter or half a point? No. With the it's fact, not going to matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be sitting essentially safely growing nowhere. And, and so you have to decide what you're going to do with it. This is where you can't just do nothing and think something's going to happen like, like a lot of people do with, with Wall Street. They hope if they do nothing, it'll grow magically. Well, that's not going to happen. So it's the same thing here. It's in a bank yep. account. Then you start making the choices. And really, it's anything you can imagine other than a few limitations, like you can't invest in, in uh, antiques or, or classic cars or wine. Or that. But really beyond that, startup, investment, private equity, real estate, rentals, precious metals, you name it, uh, hard money lending. People love I do that, and I love it because yeah. I'm lending money out. I am the bank, and I get to lend money out, and I'm not paying taxes inside that plan. It's, it's an, yeah, it's so a if you're getting thing. eight or ten percent or twelve point nine nine interest only on a short-term loan, then the money that's coming mm -hmm. back in there, there's no tax on it, and there's no tax there's no when tax. you liquidate it. Yeah, that's that's the that's yeah, that's the way we set it up, and so it's it's really a boon for something that, in my mind, is incredibly safe. And really, right. it's because when we look at investments, it's about the investor, not the investment. And if you're a safe investor, if you're smart, if you're engaged, you have the right team, you can do these things and make ten, twelve percent consistently every single year. Right. Okay, so let me go back to one question that I have, and that, that is that if someone has a 401k, and uh, maybe not an IRA, but a 401k, and it's not been taxed, when it moves over to the EQRP, is there, you said there was no taxes, no penalties or anything, but it, at some point, isn't there some kind of recapture of what you never paid in taxes? Yeah, when, when you, so there's a, there's a choice. There's two, two options. If, you, if you've contributed it and you got your your deferral, so you didn't pay taxes on the income in 1995 and, you, and you, you kept it inside the 401k, you can move it over to the QRP and it's not a tax event. The question you have to make or you have to ask yourself, do I, do I want to pay taxes now and convert it into a Roth state or do I want to wait and pay taxes down the road when I actually pull it out? I like the idea of paying taxes now and then growing this thing huge because in my mind, the likelihood is the rates are going to be a lot higher down the road because the federal government doesn't know what they're doing, trying to keep, you know, balanced budgets and things. So I want to take the hit now and, and then grow this thing. I also think that there's a likelihood that the Roth structure could change. And we don't know for sure, but oftentimes things are grandfathered. So I want to get involved in that thing. I want to have a Roth account now. I don't want to wait and hope it's still there down the road. And I certainly don't want to wait for 80% tax rates down the road either. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, so when we're talking with our cl our clients, and this is a great opportunity, one one for us, you know, obviously for us to consider moving this over so that we can create some wealth, and you know, so again, something that we've talked about on this this podcast several times is you know, different passive income channels is not just having the job, 
right, and working for the man. Mm-hmm. But having and getting into the fourth quadrant, you know, with Robert Kiyosaki, ironically. I mean, we keep bringing him up, but it's true. Um, you know, and having all of these uh, passive, you know, income um, channels and things like that. When we're talking with our borrowers uh, and our clients, this is just another avenue for us to, to talk about as well. So the question I have for you now is, are you the only guy in the world that does this or in the United States? I mean, will people need to go have everything go through you or is this something that um, we just have to find a local person who does EQRPs? Now we're the only ones in the in the country that, that set up EQRPs because we okay. created the EQRP. The okay. there's lots of different vehicles that are out there. Once, <laughs> once it's set up, you you have control. So you, let's say you you set up your EQRP now, and and then next year you decide to do something with an investment, or next month, or whatever it is, you're doing it. You're writing a check. So you're not going through us when you do future rollovers. We're here to support you, but you don't need permission from us, and we don't need to do anything for you to operate. That's a huge difference for most people's custodians. They're constantly having to pay them just to right. be in a conversation or just to get anything done. So it's once once it's set up, you're you're literally free. I mean, it's it's truly wonderful to have that type okay. of control. So then that means you have a one-time setup fee. That's right. Is that okay? All right. Is it based on uh, the amount of money that's being rolled over, or is it just a one-time flat fee to set this up? No, it's, it, we're, we're the opposite of, of Wall Street. We don't charge based on how successful you've been. We just charge based on the work that we're doing. So it's a one-time okay. flat fee to, to do that. And then what, what we do on an annual basis, because the IRS is changing its rules, we have a flat compliance fee of a few hundred dollars a year just to make sure that you're in compliance and your rate, the regulations are updated so that you don't get audited. I mean, that's really important for any type mm-hmm. of uh, plan that you're going to be working with. But we don't charge 2 or 3%, and that's the big difference you get more, you make more money, and Wall Street keeps charging you more and more for basically doing nothing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So you also made mention, um, have have made mention about the fact that um, you can deduct up to 120. You know, this is great because it will help you uh, reduce your your tax uh, liability by 120 thousand, up to 120 thousand a year. So, where exactly is that coming from? Is that is that from the lack of um, penalties or interest that is charged that you have to report on the growth of the account? Is that where you come up with this number? Or is there something else I haven't asked you? No, the, the 120 is, is really, if, if there's a couple, if, if, if you have two people in a household and you set up an EQRP, you can contribute up to 120000 of your income between the two of you that's the self-employed income that you're doing that's not W-2. So if, it, if all your income is W-2, you have to start figuring out how to have other self-employed income. And, mm-hmm. and once you have that, you're able to start contributing up to the 120000 every year. That's just contribution. That's not the growth. The growth is a totally different thing. Your okay. growth can just keep growing inside without any tax. Gotcha. So, yeah, so if someone has a side business or, well, let's say real estate. Someone has real estate, mm-hmm. they're self-employed, and they've set up an LLC or corporation to run the real estate. And mm-hmm. the income from selling, the in, well, maybe not selling, <laughs> but the income from the rentals can be used as a diversion if I don't need the money. I don't, you know, I have a real job. I don't really need the positive cash flow from the real estate right now. Can I divert that into um, an EQRP? It needs to be active income. So like yep. a real estate agent, for example, that has 1099 income that they're going to pay self-employment taxes on, that is perfect income because it's active. Okay. Passive income doesn't work because the federal government wants to make sure this income, you, but they, that's, it has Social Security being paid out of it. So you, okay. that's, that's how they allow you to put this money in. 
but for, for agents, it's, it's absolutely perfect because typically there's a 1099 involved and they're going to put right. that on their Schedule C. So all of a sudden you can start writing off massive amounts of your income. Okay, so that's important. I mean, that's really an important feature. It's not important for me as a W-2 person, but I do have other businesses that I that are active mm -hmm. businesses, <laughs> um, right? And so I can divert all the income, you know, from there. But this this is really important if you're listening in on this podcast. Is that um, you, this is something you can share with your real estate partners, you know, to help them uh, save for their future as well. Because gosh, you know, they make really good money per transaction, but they are are terrible at managing their money. Um, right. And this, this would be something that's really good. We call that the walking dead. There are a lot of real estate agents who are 85 years old that just kind of stroll in and shuffle, you know, into the, into the offices because they, they just can't retire. There's no, there's no way they don't have enough money to do it. And so this is a good way for us to offer, you know, a value add to our real estate agents as well. Would you agree? Yeah, it, it is, and and even for the the mortgage lenders that are that have the the commission, but it's W two. One of the things that you can do is you can set up an IRA, contribute to it, and then you can roll that IRA into your QRP each year. So it's a way to be able to get the money in, even though your money that you're earning is stuck inside your W two. It's a way for right. you to continue to move money through. Okay, so you just set up an IRA just like you do at the beginning of the year to get that final little mm -hmm. tax stupid thing that you get, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> tax benefit, and then immediately roll it in. There's no, there's no uh, required time to keep it. No, because you're you're just you're rolling it in, so it's it, you're not distributing it or anything. You're you're actually rolling it into your plan, and okay. you're just doing that because it's a way for you to contribute that you wouldn't norm normally be able to contribute. But you, right. I mean, if you have income, you can contribute to an IRA. Right. Awesome. Awesome. So going back to the real estate investing piece of this, um, you know, the ability to write a check, a check and have control. Can you write for, to pay cash for a house? Can you write for a down payment on a house? What are, what are, there's no limitation on what you can do with it, except for some of the items that you mentioned. Can't buy wine. You, yeah, you can't <laughs> buy wine. You, you can't do anything that benefits you today. So you can't, you can't decide you're going you're gonna to go on vacation with your money. Except okay. you can write yourself a check anytime you want, up to 50% of the value of the of your account. Mm -hmm. Write it to yourself, and you and you can basically give yourself a loan, which is cool because then you're just paying your plan back. So the interest yeah. you're paying, which you're forced to, you're just putting back into your plan, which grows your plan. But what it does is it creates a line of credit, and this could be really useful if you're trying to qualify for a house and you want cash in the bank. You could literally put twenty-five, fifty thousand dollars in your bank account that you're going to pay back eventually, but all of a sudden it changes what your your personal accounts look like, and you've tapped right. into an asset that really wouldn't be counted for like your cash on hand. But right. you can shift that cash and make that really work for you if you're trying to qualify. So it can shift right. everything. Okay, awesome. And then and then of course hard money. Well, not even hard money. You could hold second mortgages. You could do, um, you know, the hard money. Could you do non collateralized loans to businesses? You can do loans. Your 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 job is to be a good fiduciary, and got so it. your your job is to make sure you're not money. doing things that are that are crazy. Yeah, you've got to be protective of your money. The the thing that you had asked about a second ago that's really important to clarify that people really need to hear, and this is important. In fact, that people should be writing this down. The massive difference with the eQRP is that you can take your money in your plan, and let's say you have twenty five thousand dollars. It's going to be challenging today to go buy a house or some piece of property for twenty five thousand. But what you can do is you can take the 25000 that can be your down payment, and you can go get a loan that you buy the property for, that you use to buy the property. And then when, whatever you make on that property, all that money goes into your plan and there's no tax. If you, if you do that same type of thing with the self-directed IRA, 
the percentage of the purchase based on debt, so if it's like 75% debt on your, your purchase, right. 75% of your profit is now going to be taxed at the trust level, which is like 35%. What that means is you're going to get killed even though you're using an IRA and you think there's tax advantages. You don't have that happen inside of an EQRP. So fundamentally, you'd wow. never want to use an IRA when you have the EQRP plan. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Absolutely love that. Because, yeah, I do love that. We bought a... We bought a um, a two-unit last year in Pennsylvania, a two-unit property for $50,000 cash. Mm -hmm. And it drove me nuts. I was like, well, you know, it's silly to go get a loan for this. I didn't want, I didn't want to do that. It was quick sale. The second is, you know, I'm like, gosh dang it, there goes my 50 grand. Now, it's not, it's not that I was earning a lot of interest on it. I was earning 07 <laughs> in my bank account, <laughs> you know. But, um, but it was the lack of capital that it resulted in. You know, is right. I have good positive cash flow, that's great, and I can replenish the account in, in little uh, drips and dribbles, you know, on a monthly basis. But what happens when I run into the next house that I want to buy and I want that same liquid cash for down payment or to buy two, you know? And so that was one of the struggles that we had. So I, I really like this idea of, you know, especially now, um, all of us as, you know, loan officers, we're earning money. We don't really need the income from this. This is a fantastic tool and, and one of the things that I've, we've done to grow our wealth in our household is, you know, spend 10 grand, I shouldn't say 10, let's say spend $25,000 um, to earn, you know, 450 a month in positive cash flow. That ROI is, you know, 28, 38% and something I don't need right now. So I just reinvest it back into the houses um, and pay mm -hmm. off the debt. But wow, what if I could reinvest it back into this and let it um, grow through my decision making? Right. Yeah, it's, it's, I totally agree with what you're saying. And it's, I was having a conversation with, uh, with someone that has done similar things with buying properties. And what we found is that he's in his 30s and he's, he's got a, a portfolio of, of 10 properties and he has so much money stuck in equity and he's using really, really aggressive borrowing with 15-year mortgages so that he can pay these things down really quick. The problem is he's still got to wait 15 years so his yeah. lifestyle is not going to shift for the next 15 years, and he's got hundreds and hundreds of thousands in equity that's returning a few percent a year. Mm -hmm. And what he could do is, and having this money inside of a retirement plan, he could start to leverage it using, using that equity to go out there and buy more properties. But he wasn't thinking about debt as a tool. He was trying to get out of debt completely with his investments, which really keeps him in slow motion. Right. You know, it's funny you say that because it's, that's exactly how my husband and I have invested for you know the last 30 years. We we call it step investing, right? You buy mm -hmm. the house, you uh, all the positive cash flow goes into paying off the house. You buy the next house, all the positive cash flow from both homes goes into paying off the first one. And when that one's finally paid, then all the positive cash flow from the next houses go into paying off the second. And we have a lot of homes that are free and clear now as a result of it. But there's my equity mm -hmm. sitting right there, you know. And I'm not a proponent of it for my clients. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of leverage, but my thought process in that was when I get older and I'm not working, I can have either all the income be directed toward me for living and lifestyle, or I could sell any one of those properties in any market for any price and never have to worry about being upside down or having a balance, right? Um, so I wish I knew about this then. I wish it was around then, right? Because I could have done um, something completely different with the money. It's still a well, good and, strategy. And it's, but, yeah. it's absolutely a good strategy. And it really, the, the question is, what is the plan? I mean, what's, what's the vision? And, 
and using debt. I mean, just being, there's so much negativity around debt primarily because we've got trillions in credit card and student loans, like all this debt that we hear about all the time is terrible, but the truth is money's printed out of thin air anyway. So why wouldn't we use that same system to print money out of thin air and create wealth using money that's made up by some institution or that we create our own, our own notes on, but to say that debt is bad or that we should get out of it may not be the smartest thing financially to be saying to ourselves and trying to convince ourselves of and then implementing. It may be, but it may not be. Right. Right. So now have you read, um, I never get this, the name of this book right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, it's uh, Misfortune 101 and it's by, uh, he's got two first names. Andrew Douglas, Douglas Andrew. I've not heard of that. Andrew Douglas. Oh my gosh, you, you have to read it. So if you're listening to the podcast, you need to get this book. It's uh, Misfortune 101 and, and it's all about leverage. All about leverage. Um, really great, great, great book. I, I present it to my clients who want to pay cash for a house all the time. Mm. <laughs> you know, I think it's really important. Um, okay, so as we kind of start winding down here um, a little bit, what are, what are some of the next steps for someone that's listening in? So we're loan officers, we're listening in, we're saying, you know, we've got to get our hands wrapped around more of this. How can we how can we get a hold of you? What are the next steps? How, how could we refer clients if, if um, you know, we're able to do that? Or what are, what's some uh, phraseology or scripting around presenting this to someone? How would you be presenting that to someone? I know that was uh, like four or five questions all at once, but perhaps you can help me with it. <laughs> what are our next steps? Sorry. It's, it's the way I think. I mean, I'm just linear and I have questions. <laughs> no, it's great. It's, it's good. The, the best thing to do to, when we're talking about speaking with clients is to really understand something and get into it so that we can speak from experience because there's something that, that's missing right now and it's, it's real authenticity. You you'd mm -hmm. mentioned financial advisors and for me, mm -hmm. I, I trash on financial advisors a lot. And the reason I yeah. do that is because most financial advisors are selling their stuff. They're not really advising and they're saying, you should do this and they're in the back of their mind, it's because it's in their best interest some aren't. Some are actually advising based on the client's best interest. But I, I really feel like if, if you're going to share something with someone, you need to know what it is. And if it's a good fit for you, you should do it. So the, the best thing to do is get educated and, and get a copy of the book. I wrote a book on this that gives you everything you need to know and understand. Awesome. And it, it will help you go, wow, okay, there's a, there's a roller coaster, by the way, that goes on. And it starts off with, this seems too good to be true. That's usually where people start. Mm -hmm. And they go, I don't know. I haven't heard of this. I mean, it, you said it's been around for 40 years, but I haven't heard about this. And my financial advisor hasn't told me. And so once they get past the, that whole skepticism, then they go, now nah, I'm really pissed off because nobody told me about this the last 15 years. And they should have, and they feel like they've been scammed. And then they go, all right, give me this thing right now because I want to start using it. I'm not waiting any longer. So going through that roller coaster or those emotional pieces, it's helpful to go through that first to be able to relate with the, the client that you're working with. And you can say, look, here's what I did. I found out about right. this and here's what I'm doing with it. So the first place is the education piece. If this is interesting, you want to get the, the direct information and the direct information is in the book that I wrote with my tax attorney. I mean, we, you want to talk about the nuts and bolts boiled down into real English that you can actually understand. That's this book. That's why we wrote it. Awesome. Yeah. Cause I always, you know, I always understand everything until I walk out the door. Um, exactly. Exactly. You know, when it comes to all this, I know enough to be very, very dangerous, which is why I refer to other people to guide people on this. So, so mm -hmm. I think that's great. So step one, step one is get to know, you know, learn this ourselves, um, read your book. And I, um, I know that it's on your website, which by the way, everybody, again, it's totalcontrolfinancial.com, uh, correct? 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. It, it's there, and you can you can get a copy of it. You can get more information. There's an infographic mm-hmm. that you can see where you you click on eqrp, and it'll show you why you would never want to do an IRA compared to this again. And if you're really 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 eager and anxious and ready to go, you can download it the next 15 seconds on your Kindle. It's on Amazon. So I mean, if you're ready to learn more, that it's it's a very it, I made it available every possible way I could, other than carrier pigeon, because people need to know what this is, and so I want to make it easily accessible. Right. Absolutely. Okay, good. So that's step one. So the second step would be how do we introduce this to our clients? Well, first thing you have to under, you have to look at if the client has money that's trapped, you have to really start talking about mm-hmm. what that looks like over the next five or ten years. Is it, it is it at risk? Is it is it something that they can appreciate is real money? Because a lot of times people have thought, well, that four hundred one k I have, I've got fifty or eighty or hundred thousand in that thing sitting there, and you know, it's I don't know, I can't really do anything with this. So they check out. It's almost like it's not theirs. And we, what we have to do is help them understand first thing, hey, there's this asset here that you can actually put on your balance sheet that you can actually use to do something now. It's not just a Russian roulette or casino. It's actual real money that you can tap into. And when we convince people of that, that's the first step in opening them up to other ideas because most people don't look at it as real money. Right. That's true. And, and it, you know, you're right. It's like this um, cloudy, oblivion kind of money that will hopefully be there when we get there. You know, and we're, we're kind mm-hmm. of, you know, riding our horse through the, through, you know, at night through the uh, fog and it's out there somewhere, you know, <laughs> and hopefully it's growing. Okay, so that's, that's excellent. What else would you like to leave us with that, that would help us in our businesses to share this with clients and help create more wealth for them? Because that's really what we're trying to do as lenders. Um, it's, it's making sure that you're not just having a glorified rental by having a mortgage, but how we can look at your whole financial picture and help you create uh, wealth by working with us. I, I, I'm a big follower of, of Grant Cardone, and the reason that I'm a big follower of him is because of his ideas around the 10x thinking and the obsession around whatever we're doing. And I don't drink that Kool-Aid that he speaks of. I, I swim in it. And to the extent that people can focus on that type of thinking and not the CNN bloodbath that we tend to mm-hmm. see all the time and, and how everything is falling apart, that bringing that optimism into the conversation with people and, and living it, not just pitching something, not just having a, a, a great talking point, but really embodying it by studying that type of work is so powerful because people are looking for hope, not the type of hope that they're smoking on, on Wall Street, the hopium that we, we tend to take a big whiff of because we think and hope that things are going to work out, but the hope that tomorrow and the future is going to actually be much better than today. And I believe that. So by conveying that, people are going to say, great, what do I do with that? And then you can start helping them. But if their mindset and their emotional state is not set up for success and a bigger future than the past, it's, it's going to be virtually impossible to get anybody to, sh- to change anything because they're living in fear. Right. Right. Gotcha. What is his last name again? Grant who? Grant Cardone. Is it- the, the, his, his books are The 10X Rule and Be Obsessed or Be Average just came out. A, okay. He is awesome. Okay. All right. Be obsessed or be average. I love that. Um, okay. Great. Be obsessed. Now, how do we get a hold of you? We go to we go to your website, totalcontrolfinancial.com. You have your free book there. Is that emailed to us? Is it downloaded right away? Well, how do we how do we get that? You 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 get it you get it every way. You actually get an email of it, and I'm going to send okay. you a, a physical copy so you can look at it and and, and work on it. It depends on how you consume information. Uh-huh. And and then if if you're if you're anxious, I mean, you can reach out to me directly. You can also find me at DamianLupo.com, 
And what I, what I love is when people reach out because it's, sometimes you hear somebody or you read them and, and you go, I have a question, but how do I get a hold of the person that's the, the writer or whatever? And what, what I, I love is when people find me on Facebook or LinkedIn or, or Twitter and, and I'll, just, I'll just pick up the phone and call them or I'll give them a video message. Or, so if you've got questions and you're, you're anxious to, to shift or to grow or to have a, a bigger future, you're, you're going to be able to get a hold of me, and, and I'm going to do everything I can to help you get there. That's absolutely great. Okay, so I just want to sort of recap. You know, um, for everyone who's listening, this is just another avenue for us to create wealth for ourselves, to create some tax benefits for us because – we don't really get any, uh, and uh, great for us to be know you know to know. I always talk about us being life learner and about learning new things. And this is this is an, again another um, great guest that we've had on our show who can help us. Um, you know, expand our knowledge and expand the value that we're giving to our clients. I just, I, I can't stress that enough. Um, so before we leave, Damian, what book are you reading right now that you could share with us? What book am I reading? So right I, have a, I have a unique philosophy. I, I study books, which means yep. I don't – I used to read a ton. Now yep. I'm just rereading over and over and over again, mm-hmm. be obsessed or be average. That's why it came up because it's right in front of me right now. Yeah, I love that um, because uh, my coach, one of my coaches is Darren Hardy. And mm-hmm. um, Darren said – you know, and I'm a speed reader, so I could read a gazillion books, and I have read a bunch of them. But he said, you know, just stop. Just stop reading books. Go back and read the same one five times live it, breathe it, eat it, implement it. And I think that's really critical. So thank you for sharing that again. And that's, you know, again, gets back to what you're saying. Be a student of what you're going to be telling people about. Um, and the only way to do that is to really, um, you know, dive in and get to, get to understand a product or a philosophy very easy. Okay, I'm going to leave you with one other question. That's, can you tell us about the green and red arrows of wealth and poverty? Yeah, it, well, if, if we think about if we think about how we interact with, with the news and, and, the, and the media talking about financial markets, this actually came up from a client I was working with a couple, of years, a couple of years ago, and she said, I am so stressed out because it seems like every day I watch the news and there's this, they talk about the Dow today did this, and there's a green arrow that pops up if, it, if the markets went up, 100 points up, and, and I feel wealthier. I feel like, oh, that's good. I, I, like the wealth effect has happened, and I'm going to go spend more money. And then tomorrow, it's, it's, an, it's a red arrow, and I feel poor, and I need to go start doing coupon clipping or something. And, right. and she goes, this is, this is crazy. I'm always stressed out. I wake up in the morning panicking about what the markets are going to do, and I'm checking it 30 times a day on my phone. And I, and I said, okay, well, what do you want to do? She said, I want off the roller coaster. And I said, great, when? She said, now. And I said, good, let's go do something. And she shifted. They got off. They're, they're working on their real estate stuff. And it, it's awesome because the last time the market dropped four or 500 points, I said, hey, did you see what happened in the market yesterday? And she goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no about. idea. I'm said, not looking Mission there. accomplished. Yeah. Absolutely. That's true. That's true. You know, and, and you mentioned mindset before, and, and that's really key is, you know, sort of getting out of the minutia of the day-to-day um, trading and ups and downs and whatever. And this allows you to set it and forget it just like you do when you invest with a financial advisor, but you've set it and, and have forgotten it because you've made that decision for yourself. You're not relying on a third party. That, that, that's right. And, and you really are starting to shift. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so much power. That's exactly right. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, Damien, it's been a pleasure um, having you on the show, and um, I hope everybody learned something really new, something you know different, and that we can take and implement into our business as quickly as possible. And hopefully, you'll be getting everybody coming onto your um, website and asking for the book and calling you and asking more questions. Um, this is really, really important, especially since this is a good avenue for real estate investing as well. And this is our job. We have to know everything that's out there. So thank you again for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Jen, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events. Just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com.